listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. If you or your patients struggle with muscle cramps, spasms, soreness, or restless leg syndrome, you're going to want to hear about our non-opioid TheraWorks Relief. TheraWorks Relief is a clinically proven and published locally acting topical solution that prevents and relieves muscle cramps, spasms, and soreness in the legs and feet. In a research study including patients diagnosed with restless leg syndrome, TheraWorks Relief was shown to reduce symptoms commonly associated with accompanying RLS, including muscle cramps and spasms. Muscle cramps are reported as a side effect of hundreds of prescription medications, from intravenous iron sucrose and conjugated estrogens to statins and diuretics. By managing muscle cramps, TheraWorks Relief supports adherence, helping patients stay on important and often life-saving medications. TheraWorks Relief comes in an easy-to-use, fast-absorbing, non-greasy foam that can prevent muscle cramps and spasms with just a few simple applications a day. To learn more about TheraWorks Relief, go to theraworksrelief.com and click on the Healthcare Professional link. This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Haley Ward, for Pharmacy Future Leaders. And I'm your co-host, Joanne Pio. Today, we are switching things up by inviting a seasoned an experienced pharmacy leader to interview with us today. Everyone, please welcome Ken Sternfield, founder of RxVIP Concierge. Thank you, ladies. What a wonderful introduction, seasoned. I guess I'm seasoned like a butcher. That's good. Well, well, thank you. It's so nice to be here with you. Well, actually, I did some research before we got on to the on today's show, and I found out that you've been in the pharmacy field for about 30 years or so. Actually, a little bit more than that. I went to uh, St. John's University in 1974 and graduated in 79. So it's a little bit longer than 30 years. Uh, graduated- about 39, but I was trying to be nice. <laughs> That's okay. Closer to 40 makes it sound even better. When I, when I went to St. John's, we weren't they even had a different logo. We were the, the, the Red Men, not the Red Storm. But it was a great experience, even way back then. Perfect. Um, can you briefly share with us your career path from being a pharmacy student to a new graduate to a, pharma, to a pharmacist in the field for about, we'll say, 40 years? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure, actually. My, um, I guess you'll call it my IPI, my introduction to pharmacy practice experience, uh, happened at a retail store called Merrick Pharmacy in Jamaica, New York. It was owned by my dad, uh, who was a pharmacist uh, uh, about 66, 60 years ago. And I went there and I learned how to make a chocolate egg cream and, and scoop out ice cream from his soda fountain and sell pretzel rods for a penny and bazooka bubblegum. So I'm clearly dating myself. And uh, what I saw then as a young child was um, I saw people coming into the store to talk to Doc. My dad was the neighborhood pharmacist who people went to, and they really uh, uh, just respected him and enjoyed talking to him. 
So I really wanted to follow his path, uh, certainly my mentor. And I went to, uh, uh, worked in stores in the neighborhood as delivery boys, et cetera. And then I uh, enrolled in St. John's, as I mentioned, in 1979, 74. Fortunately, my dad passed away that year. So I wasn't able to uh, show him uh, the experience that I had through St. John's uh, when I graduated and got my license in 79. But during school, I uh, worked in an independent pharmacy, learning a little bit more. I guess that would be my happy uh, period of my time. And in those days, there was really not many choices like were available to the future leaders of today. If you went to a career day, it was either work in a hospital in the basement someplace or work in an independent pharmacy. There were no chain stores back then or really go into the military and ROTC. So I wanted to be an independent pharmacy owner like my dad. And I waited and waited for the people who I was working with to find a second store and they really just never did. So I actually left pharmacy in 1979 when I graduated. Bailey, and uh, I took a 28-year lunch break, hard to believe, and I went to work for my father-in-law. I met my wife while I was at St. John's. She's not a pharmacist, but I, actually her father-in-law was in consumer electronics, and I was so frustrated that I couldn't get a job when I graduated. I had put in, you'll know, it was five years. I'm not a PharmD. I'm a registered pharmacist, but still a lot of time, and I said, I really want to go to work. So I went to my father-in-law and I said, hire me. I don't care what it is, I'll just go to work. I wanna to start to make some money. So for 28 years, I was outside of the pharmacy industry. And after that 28 year run, when I helped build a business in consumer electronics and, and worked with my father-in-law, I went back to school when I was 50 plus years old, sitting next to young, bright, young fondy candidates like you and, and Joanne and others, and I got my license reinstated because there was no CE when I was back there and I didn't have my license. It kind of went away. So I took a little different path and I got um, my license reinstated in 2007. So after that 28 years and I applied for CBS, uh, Walgreens and Rite Aid, CBS gave me a call and they hired me. So that's how I got back into the pharmacy business working as a retail chain store pharmacist starting in 2007 at CBS Health. Wow, Ken. And your path is definitely different than anyone's I've heard before. How did you feel going back to that moment when you were reinstating your license? Um, did you feel like the, what you were learning was completely different or was this just a, you know, a tiny bit refresher from those 28 years that you were off? It was night and day. Imagine all of the drugs that you see on the shelf now, which are 90% generic, they were all brand names. The business was completely different. Of course, technology had come in, you know, computers and things like that. Uh, the chain store environment that I came back to was quite different than the community neighborhood pharmacists that I had seen when I saw my dad working at Merrick Pharmacy. So I really needed to focus on what I believe and still believe was the most important part of pharmacy, which is the patient. So even though I had been away for 28 years, I said, for me to be successful in this environment, I had to focus on the patient. And that never changed for me, not from the day I started at St. John's until the day I retired from CBS in 2017 last summer. 
So since your retirement, what have you been working up within the field of pharmacy? Because obviously you're very active within the network and, and hosting your own show. Um, and you actually work as a concierge pharmacist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, when I was at CBS, um, and I started at CBS, actually, not as a pharmacist, because I had been out so long, they wanted to hire me as a pharmacist, but I said, you can't do that. I need to really get back. And I started as a grad intern. Here I was, 50 some odd years old as a grad intern. And then I uh, worked there at the store, at a training store, and they made me a floater, and then a staff pharmacist, and a PIC, and a manager. manager. But I realized to grow within CVS in that corporate environment, it made me leave, it, would, it indicated that I would have to leave the bench and get out into the field to be more in management and go around and, and work with others in other stores to monitor the metrics. And I didn't want to do that. I was a Paragon winner the first two years that I was with CVS, and then they wanted me to be in the Emerging Leader Program. But I really wanted to do something more. I wanted to be someone who spoke to the patients and almost like a concierge, almost like when you go on vacation and you go to a hotel and you, want to, and you check in and you want to speak to someone who could guide you, to mentor you, to say, where do you go for the right show or the right restaurant or, or how, which line to go on in Disneyland? And I wanted to be someone who patients would look at as someone who cared about them. So even though I was filling lots of prescriptions, I realized my future in retail pharmacy was numbered. I was older and I was looking at young new pharmacists coming in and they were being told to work on the metrics, the numbers, and you have to do that. But I said I needed more. So I said, I want to be a concierge pharmacist. It doesn't exist. I created something for myself. I went to my doctor and I said one day, I need to work here in your office to do what you do. You listen to me. You talk to me. You take the time to handle the problems that I have. In retail pharmacy, sadly, it's just the pace, the work environment. There's nothing wrong with being a retail pharmacist. I enjoyed every moment that I was there. I love the people. I love to work with patients. But the further I got away, I said, I want to be that concierge. I wanted to put hospitality back into pharmacy for me. And I went to my doctor and I said, I want to work for you. And you don't even have to pay me. Wow. Ooh, I know you love that part. <laughs> no pay. Wow. So let's pretend, Ken, I'm a patient and I walk into the doctor's office and you're my pharmacist. How does it work? Well, the nice thing about it, Haley, is that you can imagine someone is making an appointment to see the pharmacist. So there I was. And the way I did it with the doctor, I said, listen, I'm still working full time at CVS. You know, I still have to provide for my family. I still have to put a roof on my head and pay my, my rent and, and all the things that I have to do. But I'm off on Friday. So let me come in and let's create Pharmacy Friday. Pharmacy Friday means that you introduce me to your patients because these people trust you. They come into the office to be taken care of with their illnesses. But medications are a very important part of well-being. So you just say that you have a concierge you didn't even say concierge. You have a pharmacist on staff, and you can meet with him on Pharmacy Friday and introduce me as such. So we did a little meet the pharmacist event. Meet the pharmacist, and the doctor introduced me. Ken is here. He can sit with you. He could talk about reviewing your medications, kind of like a brown bag event that we had always thought about doing, but it was so busy in the store. So imagine when 
this receptionist would say to a patient, uh, Haley, the pharmacist will see you now. To me, it was like a dream come true. I was practicing at the height of my license. I was proud to, to be there. I would have put my diploma on the wall, you know, because it's like you're in an office, you're in a professional environment. So the patient would come in, I sit with them, you know their medical history because you have access to the health record, things that you don't have in the, re in the retail pharmacy environment. So I studied about the disease states that that patient had before he or she came in, and I was their provider, their medication expert. Not their doctor, but someone who is taking the time and making the time to dispense care, compassion, empathy, and I didn't care where they got their prescriptions. I wasn't dispensing prescriptions. I was a provider. And we all know how we should be recognized as providers in the healthcare industry. So Absolutely. I created an environment where I was a provider. That's wonderful. And you, you said, Ken, something that's so real. That was a dream come true. My question is how, if you created that position, how can other new grads or pharmacy students get involved in, uh, in doctor's offices working towards having the same job that you have, that dream job that every pharmacist wants? It's a great question. And actually, I want to go back just a little so everyone who's listening doesn't think that you do this for nothing. What happened after two or three weeks is I was seeing more patients than the doctor was. More people love to talk to a pharmacist. We're respected. We're looked at someone who can help them. But when they come into the retail stores, they see us being very busy and perhaps they don't even take the time. So for me, consultation was, do you have any, you know, it's not, do you have any questions for the pharmacist? Our consultations were, how can we help you? What can we do to help you save money on prescriptions? What can we do to help you avoid adverse drug reactions? What can we do to talk about pharmacogenetic testing that might be something you consider? How do we handle Medicare patients with chronic care management? So um, every new student, every future leader on this call can become a concierge service provider. It starts with collaboration. Collaboration with a physician is the only aspect that we can get paid for the as a provider. We are not recognized as in the industry as providers yet, but through the efforts of you and, and, and others and as future leaders, we will do be that. But four or five years ago when I started, I wasn't a provider. I had to collaborate. So speak to the doctor. Introduce yourself to the doctor as someone who wants to help patients and we can show you how you can increase reimbursement for that practice. So imagine going into a practice and saying, it's not going to cost you any money out of pocket, Dr. Goodman, to bring in a pharmacist. And let us show you how we can take care of patients and deliver increased reimbursement for your practice. And that's what RxVIP Concierge has developed. And it will be a pleasure to speak to Fondi candidates, students at this time of their career, to show them how this is a pathway they can, can consider. So how, this is a, sorry, go ahead, Joanne. How receptive are the doctors to your recommendations? Like, let's say, you know, you find an error in the med medication re reconciliation, or you want to switch drug therapy. Is the doctor receptive to your recommendations? There are two questions there, Joanne, and they're, they're yeah. really important that we distinguish them. Um, medication reconciliation, they are extremely 
receptive to. Very receptive because so many issues uh, in bad medication management occur because different providers are uh, are not, you know, they're prescribing different medications and one provider doesn't know what the other one is doing. The electronic health records, which were instituted to make things easier, in some cases don't properly reflect medication that a patient has either stopped taking or, or, or has started to take from another provider. So from a MedRec standpoint, they are absolutely dying to have us do that because it takes something off their plate. It, anytime you can eliminate workflow for a provider, you're, you're a very value-based service provider. So in answer to the first question, they are very receptive. In answer to the second question, it put me in a position where I had to decide, did I want to be in a collaborative practice agreement relationship or did I want to be in a collaborative business relationship? Healthcare is a business. Pharmacy and doctors are in business. Healthcare is a profession. So you needed to look. I don't want to be the doctor. I didn't go to school to be a doctor. I went to school to be a pharmacist and I wanted to be the best pharmacist I could be. So by doing that, gathering information and recommending and giving information to the doctor so he or she can make an informed decision based on their knowledge is what I did. And when you take it that way and don't cross over the line and you just provide that support, collaborative information, and don't say I'm the doctor and let me dose this or dose that, I found every physician we have spoken to to be extremely receptive to bringing a pharmacist into their practice. That's a great way to put it, collaboration, uh, and especially with the provider status that we're facing in, in Capitol Hill, that doctors would be more receptive to working together with a pharmacist who's not going to tell them what to do, but who's going to help them and providing them with the tools needed to, to just practice more effectively. Um, and you mentioned that this is something that candidates can do. So in this moment, if there's a student listening who really is excited about this program and RxVIP, what can they do? How can they reach out to you to get involved and to, to get out to their local provider, their local doctor and, and establish a program like this? Well, RxVIP concierge started with me. I did it just to have a place to hang my hat on Pharmacy Friday. It has evolved uh, through the help and support of other individuals in the company like Jason Cavallina, Crystal Cruz, Jason's our president, uh, other like-minded um, individuals who recognize patient-centric care is what they wanted to do as well. So we have a website, rxvipconcierge.com, which gives information on things that we do, including things like pharmacogenetics, chronic care management, and wellness prescription checkups, which really are that face-to-face -face consultation in the physician's office. I encourage everyone to go on to their website, rxvipconcierge.com, and look at it. And just look at those services and then contact us on the Contact Us page. Um, and we will reach out to you because everyone has a different perspective um, and a different doctor relationship. But at the end of the day, what we do is go to the doctor and say we can offer our services with no out-of-pocket expense and increase your reimbursement. And when they get paid, we get paid through the collaborative business agreements that our company sets up. You can't do this on your own through the 
without a collaborative business agreement. To be compliant and to be in regulatory guidelines, you need to be under direct supervision or indirect supervision, incident to the physician who you're working with. So we guide you through that, that navigating uh, those waters and we create situations where you can provide face-to-face and or non-face-to-face encounters. What does that mean non-face-to-face? You could be working from your dorm room or working in between um, rotation hours and at home or on the weekends or the evenings, helping patients manage chronic care, doing remote patient monitoring, reviewing pharmacogenetic test results, all those things you don't need to be licensed to do. You don't need to wait until the State Board of Pharmacy grants you the license that you've worked six years for. That license is to dispense the drugs. But you're a PharmD candidate who, under the supervision of a pharmacist, and that's what RxVIP can provide, you're able to do things that you could do even if you were in a retail store. You can do consultation. There has to be a pharmacist there. You can mix a, an antibiotic. There has to be a pharmacist there. You can make calls to the doctor. There has to be a pharmacist there. So we've created literally a virtual pharmacy in a physician's office or a nursing home or a clinic. We can go to any healthcare environment and really drop in a virtual pharmacy that has no inventory. You don't have to take that order, or that order from Cardinal or, or, uh, <laughs> and, and put it on the shelf. There are no uh, DEA counts of inventories for narcotics. There are no drugs, no in medications. You're just counseling. Imagine it's one big consultation. And we will help you and guide you because we believe in you. You are the most important people in our industry. You're the future leaders. Wow, this is really innovative for students to be able to get right into the trenches right out of before getting out of school. That's so much information that they can have, you know, under their belt before they're licensed. And you talked about students. You do offer an APPE rotation. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how students um, can get involved with that and, and what they can expect on a rotation with RxVIP? Sure. Um, we started our rotation. We started our rotations because I'm a, a St. John's alma mater, so I reached out to them and I, I explained what we were doing. And again, it's new and it's innovative. And every every college of pharmacy is always looking for something to give students other options. So we were fortunate enough that we had the support of uh, of uh, management over and faculty at St. John's, and that was our. Uh, we do an Appy uh, rotation and an Ippy rotation for St. John's. We've grown to University at Buffalo, Toro. LIU, um, uh, let's see, Creighton University. And we, we also do what we call a MAPI. What's a MAPI? A MAPI is more advanced professional practice experience. There are so many FOMDs who want more out of this profession. We welcome them all. We've created a program, and there's no cost for it, where people can come, even they don't even have to visit our locations. We're doing a full remote um, training, learning, educational pathway uh, with the University at Buffalo, where we're working with students and guiding them on pharmacogenetics and guiding them on how to review those tests and to do chronic care management. And I, I, haven't, I haven't met a number of these students, but we're on the phone with them and working with them every week, and we're showing them and guiding them how they can go on a pathway to provider status. So we welcome every future leader every FONDI candidate, to check us out and talk to us and tell us what you're looking for in your profession 
we're very, very interested in advancing your career and giving you opportunities to make money. Because at the end of the day, education costs a lot of money, but education should give you the opportunity to make a lot of money. So we balance that out as well. And we'd be happy to tell you how we do that. Well, since you gave us our, our next question, how do we do that? Well, um, as providers, which is what we do, we are paid for the services we deliver. So in, imagine if instead of being paid an hourly wage and being done, do whatever you have to do in that hourly wage, we have created an environment where you get paid for the encounters that you perform for patients. You get paid for um, the encounters on a face-to-face and non-face-to-face basis that become billable services for the physician. And instead of getting a um, hourly wage, you get a flat fee for a face-to-face and a flat fee for a non-face-to-face encounter, just like a, a healthcare provider does. And we do that in total compliance with CMS and with insurances based on the incident two guidelines that I mentioned earlier. None of our services come under the prescription plan, uh, prescription part D plan. We are, every, all of our services are billable by the physician under B, Medicare part B or the patient's health insurance, which indicates that we've moved out of the D world, the dispensing world into the, into the B world world. None of the students on this call would be doing very well in school if their grades were at the D level. Now, there's a need to dispense, but we're moving up to B, and hopefully one day we'll be an A, because we are a care provider. We're a value-based service provider as pharmacists, and we want PharmD students and candidates to be recognized as providers even before legislation comes, which it will, you know, through a lot of hard work and advocacy, which we must do. But there should be provider status today. And if it's not going to happen in the legislation, we're going to make it happen in offices and nursing homes with physicians and healthcare providers as concierge service providers uh, with the next generation of PharmDs. That's awesome, Ken. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So Pharmacy Future Leaders, um, for more information on his APPE rotation, as well as the services and getting involved, please visit www.rxvipconcierge.com. And um, before we, um, I'm going to switch gears for a little bit. Another fun fact about you, Ken, is that you are the host of PGX for Pharmacists, which, by the way, is the number one show on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Oh, shucks. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you. What what motivated you to become a podcast host? Well, funny story. A year ago, and uh, Todd Urey, who's the publisher, was in town at New York uh, this week, and we spent two days together. And it's just an amazing thing that has happened to me personally and professionally over the last year or so. A year ago, I didn't know how to spell podcast. And I didn't, I never listened to a podcast. I knew nothing about it. And, you know, you're getting all this, this, in, this information over social media that, about the podcast network, the podcast network, the podcast network, and it keeps showing up. And, and I'm not a big social media guy at all, but, you know, Todd is so visible in our profession. He is the voice of pharmacy and has been for, for nine or 10 years, but I didn't even know anything about it. So one day I just 
emailed him. I just called him and I said, hi, who, 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 what, what, why, why are you blowing up my, my phone with all this social media <laughs> stuff? You know, I have 11 friends on Facebook and it seemed like Todd was, uh, was, was, my, was my best friend because he's doing all this social media. So he explained to me about what he does and, and the, the position he has and presence he has in the pharmacy profession. And of course, with all, all kidding aside, it's extraordinary. You know, it, it really is. He's done an amazing job to gain, you know, close to 70,000 listeners and over a million downloads as the voice. He's the best friend in the pharmacy industry, as far as I'm concerned, with the great things he's doing. So he says to me, and he looks at my, web, my website, he says, well, the pharmacogenetics is, it's so interesting and whatever, and this is what we were doing. I said, well, we've been doing it for two years. He says, well, I'd love for you to be a host. I said, be a host? What, are, you know, what, is that, what does that mean? And, and over a very short period of time, in a, in a matter of literally a month, uh, he got me set up, and I started podcasting in January and talking. And I must tell you, all kidding aside, it's been so fun. I get so many people who call me because I'm talking from my, my experience. My father-in-law experienced an adverse drug reaction. It almost killed him. Uh, you know, we got a call one night. He's not going to make it through the night. Uh, thankfully, he did, but it left lifelong problems. And I, I did research on pharmacogenetic testing, and I realized this simple buckle swab test could have avoided that. And then the more studying you do on adverse drug reactions, I realized there was the number four lead, fourth leading cause of death in the United States. 125,000 people died last year. So when someone says you can talk about that and you can do a podcast, uh, I, don't, I, I said, I have to talk about it. I have to tell people in our profession, I have to tell patients, that's the best consultation I could ever do. Talk to your doctor about a PGX test. It can save your life. So right now, when people tell you, what do I do on PGX for pharmacists on a podcast? I think I'm saving lives. And every pharmacist and every PharmD student and everyone who cares about the medications that could hurt people should at least be an advocate to say to people they love, go, go talk to your doctor. You should get this test done. It's covered by Medicare. There are 36 million Medicare patients out there. They should have it. They're on polypharmacy. They've had problems with dosing. So the podcast gave me an opportunity to talk from my heart and to talk for something that I believe is a, is a horrific national emergency that nobody even knows about. We hear about drug abuse and opioids. That's terrible. 60, 70,000 people died from opioid overdose, and it's a national epidemic. And you see on the news and government involvement and everyone's talking about it. Who hears about an adverse drug reaction? If you're in a store that fills 325 prescriptions, 325 prescriptions a day, think about that. Every day, 365 days, that's 125,000 prescriptions that are filled. What if the drugs hurt people? So anyway, that's why I became a podcast. I get up every morning in the desire to raise awareness that a pharmacogenetic test can save people's lives. And future leaders, we welcome you. We will, we will welcome you with open arms. We will put together programs for you to do the things in your community, to do the things with, within your neighborhoods to help people. This is why I went to pharmacy school, to help people. And, and I encourage everyone. I'll give you my call. Call me directly. Call me. Don't even worry about my website. Go to my website, but call me. 1-844-MY-RX-VIP. 
Call me. It goes right to my cell phone. I'll speak to you, and I'll show you how you can save lives. 844-MY-RX-VIP, 697-9847. Go to my website. Call me. Contact me through the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Any way you want to contact me, I want to speak to you. That's wonderful, Ken. Thank you so much for that information. And students, again, you heard the number. Give them a call. Just get involved. Get involved. There's so much from pharmacy that we have no idea that we can do and and benefit that we can bring to our patients. That's absolutely wonderful. And we have something coming up shortly. I'm going to let Joanne take care of this because it's very big news and very exciting. Yes, our local school, Nova Southeastern University, is hosting the second annual Future Summit. Um, This is actually organized by another pharmacy podcast host, um, Scott Kelson, who is the host of Political Talk Rx. Hopefully I didn't mispronounce that. So this is a great event for students to network as well with... um, you can work, network with other students, you can network with other pharmacists, as well as um, other businesses like RxVIP and the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Um, what can we expect to see from PGX for, pharmaci- for, um, for pharmacists at the NET Summit? Well, unfortunately, I personally, because I, I don't travel very well, I have some physical disabilities, I won't be at the event, but I spoke to Scott uh, this afternoon with Todd, and RxVIP would like to uh, offer, all you have to do is stop by the Future Leaders uh, a booth, talk to Haley, talk to Joanne, tell them you're interested in what we're talking about with PGX for Pharmacists, and we're going to have a sweepstakes, and we're going to give away $400 uh, towards anyone who wants to go uh, to the APHA, you know, when you help scholarship uh, uh, to help them with hotel or airline. Uh, we want you to be involved. We want you to be part of our family. I'll be writing up this promotion that we just spoke about today because I knew I was coming on the podcast. But we want to support you. We care about you. We're also looking at ways to help you lower your student debt. We're talking to companies who will help with RxVIP so that we could help you lower and refinance student debt because that's also an epidemic in our country. And we will have offers for you through the RxVIP. Uh, We call it RxVIP Cares 365 because every day we care about the future leaders of this profession. We care about our patients and we care about our profession. So I will be putting an email out to Scott as the the, the, uh, producer of this event. And we will be supporting it and and choosing people who we can give a uh, scholarship for so that they could attend APHA and, uh, and be an additional future leaders in our industry. Awesome, awesome. So we're running out of time, unfortunately, but one last question. What is one tip that you could give to pharmacy future leaders um, advancing in their c- career? Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Awesome. I love that. Instagram ready. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining um, Haley and I today, um, Dr. Steinfeld. Not doctor. This is Ken. Oh, just Ken. Sorry, Ken. Everyone, my students, my my friends, but thank you for that. And please come on PGX for pharmacists as get my guest as well, because you two ladies are also changing the DNA of our profession. And I welcome you on our show anytime you want. 
I love that. Thank you so much, Ken. And for all the listeners, whoever can make it out November 7th, if you want information on how you can come to the event, just shoot us an email on Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you can reach us and we can talk to Dr. Um, uh, Chelson so that you can get an RSVP into the into the summit. There's going to be over 120 companies to network with. This is a huge event. It's the second annual. I went to the one last year and so did Joanne and that's where we met Todd. This event is something that pharmacy students do not want to miss. And again, there's a sweepstakes for the $400. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders.